0: Hey, everybody, this is Gray from American Citizens. How would you like to get all of your favorite NBA team's merchandise delivered straight to your doorstep? Check out FanEssentials.net. All you do is pick your favorite sports team, and every month you get your team's gear shipped right to your door. They find the sports gear so you don't have to. Each fan box comes packed full with some amazing gear. It makes a great gift idea for any sports fan. Prices start at just $34.99. Visit FanEssentials.net. And use promo code Citizens16 C I T Y Z E N S16 at checkout for thirty percent off your first month. Visit FanEssentials.net to get all the essentials you need. U.S. listeners only. Hello and welcome to another special episode of American Citizens. Um, my name is Gray. I'm with Josh, and hi, Josh. First of all, hello, Gray. Just us two today because, well, you've heard, we hope you've heard, our sit down with Howard Hawken from Tuesday in which we covered a multitude of city-related topics. But the the, the whole thing was a bit, I don't want to say rushed. It wasn't rushed. It was planned out well. But the fact that Manchester City decided to sign John Stones a matter of hours before that podcast happened meant that we didn't quite get to have the discussion on the new signing that we wanted to so we're gonna do it now in another one of our transfer specials so the, i know we touched on with howard what if we're happy about it and i think the universal sentiment was just sort of combination of happiness and relief to get this over with um this the the first question i have is twofold and it is how good can this young man be and the second part of that is because he is basically the only prototype guardiola defender on in the squad right now and the fact that the fee is significant and he is, does have premier league experience for, and this is a team that expects to contend for four trophies how good does
1: he have to be this season? Um he's going to have to be pretty good this season. I I think that as we saw last season uh, you look at how quickly the need for center backs kind of sprang up on City like it became very apparent very early that Mangala has unfortunately just not been a sound investment. Um, additionally, uh, it looks like Otamendi is, is just too errant to be relied upon in, in a, you know, a, a weekly manner. Now, maybe Guardiola can do something about it, but you have, at this point some seriously unreliable defenders. And I think that uh, a, a move needed to be made. Uh, Vinny, as much as he is a, just the, the consummate professional, I fear like Vincent Company is coming to the end of his career. Um, and I know it sounds really weird to say, uh but when usually you see people have recurring injuries like this over and over again it's a sign that 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 their body is is well for lack of a better phrase falling apart um i mean the last injury that vinny had he quite literally did nothing like i mean he just all of a sudden knew that it was wrong and had to be subbed out. And, and when I was covering the UFC, I said the same thing about Mauricio Shogun Hua. Uh, I, I think there are times when, when there are talents who have the mind, the drive, the ability to be mm-hmm. one of the best in the world but they have a body that does not wish to cooperate. And I think that's where Vinny is at right now. Now, hopefully that improves, but I don't see it improving. Um, And so to to put a bow on this, and and I know that you you can probably pick it up from here, in a Guardiola back three, back four, whatever he's going to use, Having a ball playing center back who's not afraid to take chances, who's not afraid to push forward, but also has the ability to do so, uh, is, is basically, I don't even want to say critical. It's essential. If you don't have that, the entire system falls apart. So, uh, I think stones will have to, probably acclimate to city and in, in, in sort of the the new level of challenge because it's I mean he did get benched at Everton so he's got that going for him but look man Roberto Martinez is the lane Kiffin of of uh the EPL like apparently that guy just fails up
0: yeah um the, I will say. Um, there was, I, I read something on Bleacher Report this morning, um, that basically detailed the notion of, you know, is John Stones the right man for, you know, for the job, what have you. Um, and the note was roughly that the notion of really playing out from the back with sort of a quarterback in the defense is still sort of an untested theory in the English game um the the, there was an there was a comparison with Rio Ferdinand in there at the at the end which is roughly a guy who when he was younger was accused of overplaying trying to do too much instead of just punting it out over the touchline what have you and of course Ferdinand ended up being one of the greatest center backs of the last generation for that
1: the- tasted like vinegar coming out of your mouth didn't it, it
0: absolutely does but you know I have to say We're it. not we're not those type of people. We're not now, those type of people and never will fortunately, be fortunately I can't yeah. I cannot tell a lie. Yep. Um but yeah I mean if if that's that's the comparison we're making here and it is very much a new, you know the classic English center back is John I think though no, that's changed though. I was I reading think it's a di- a
1: I think I, I was reading a different or I saw that Bleacher Report article you were mentioning and I can't remember what I was reading but the idea that ball playing center backs are not a thing in the Premier League is is really it's one of those notions that's being put forward but is not statistically supported. Uh there were, I believe, over seven teams in the Premier League last year whose center backs averaged uh or had over fifty-five passes in a game. They averaged over fifty-five passes in a game. And there was one team in there who I think their their center back played around 68 a game. So this idea of building out from the back being foreign to the Premier League. I don't think, and I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying this to the people who are putting this theory out there. It's not really statistically supported. Plenty of teams in the Premier League, and I think this has a lot to do with the in, influx of, of Tiki Taka in in you know the 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 early 2000s. I guess the early aughts, more um, late aughts. But uh, once they, once that style of the possession-based style sort of kicked off, possession starts with having a ball-playing center back. And it might not be half the Premier League yet, but we're getting there. And when you're talking about 20 teams and, and, and about half of them are using center backs playing 55 or more passes per game, Look, man, uh, uh, football is a smorgasbord, and and some of those teams in, in the Premier League just simply don't have the ability to play that, so they tend to set up as as a counter-attacking side more so, or or maybe a one-touch, uh, type of team. But but the statistics, at least from what I was reading, and I'm going to have to find the article, uh, while you're talking. But but there are a healthy number of teams at least over 40 percent that play the ball
0: out from the back very regularly then let me amend because i get i get i get the point and i understand the stats i think it is changing but what i will say is i don't think anyone in the premier league has perfected it yet and i think that oh agree i think that ultimately this is Probably the best shot, because Guardiola's entire career is based on you know building up from the back and having that sort of quarterback in the center of the de- in the center of the defense, the PK, the Boateng, and I think that he envisions John Stones becoming that for not just the time he's here for the next decade. He's 22. He's going to be here for a very long time. So I think that this is ultimately going to be sort of an experiment because John Stones is still ultimately rather unproven. He did not have the best of seasons for Everton last term. There's no disputing that. And he was criticized by Everton fans on occasion for trying to do too much, not playing the ball out, doing Cruyff turns in the defensive penalty area or what have you. And I think that what Guardiola can do for him is sort of teach him when to take the L, so to speak, or when to, um, what to do in, your, in the right situation, what's the right thing to do in a certain situation, what's the wrong thing to do in a certain situation. I don't, he's not refined yet. And I think that the point of this, the point of Pep wanting him so badly, and he did want him very badly, as evidenced by everything that's happened this summer, is that he can refine him into that center back because we've told the story on here before when Guardiola got to Bayern Munich, Boateng didn't even know how to defend. No one had ever taught him how to defend. And I think that that's sort of, i not that I'm saying that Stones has absolutely no idea how to defend, but I think we're entering into a similar situation where a very unrefined but very talented player is walking into a situation where he is going to get a masterclass in defending and the goal will be to make him world-class. And the r- obviousness of the f- reason that they wanted this transfer is apparent. He's young. He's English. There is no other English center back anywhere that has even the potential to be a ball-playing defender of this caliber. And so I'm really excited about it. And you know what struck me watching the interview, the, the official site interview and all the pictures is... He looks ecstatic to be here. I don't remember another new signing that has looked so excited to be here in recent years. And I think that that is because he knows what Guardiola can do for him in his career.
1: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you on that. And we've already seen videos straight from the first day of of Guardiola going straight over to Stones and working with him immediately. Um, You know, I, I think it was relayed in the phone call, if memory serves correctly, that Pet basically explained to him that he sees him as a Gerard Pique type and that he can be as good, if not better, than PK. <clears throat> um, and when you see some of the things that John Stones can do with the ball, especially that one gif that was flying around uh, a couple of days ago, I'm sure you saw it too, uh, where he you know, was, was pl- playing touches... You know to get around three different uh, uh, defenders but where he was touching the ball and how he touched the ball and weighted it just enabled him to, to put on a master class that I don't think a lot of them expected from a center back usually you expect your center back to uh, uh, well it yeah not 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 do that um, right so. Uh I I I do think that John Stones is gonna be integrally important to what Guardiola does, but I do get the sense that Guardiola is more concerned with seeing out his development than making him available right away. Like he obviously will be available right away. But I think Guardiola is going to shield him from a lot of the criticism that's going to come, especially because Guardiola is quickly learning how – right. in the very same podcast, I want to talk about this. I, I, I want to deviate on a tangent if you'll allow. <clears throat> I allow it. Go ahead. ESPNFC. Uh, they bring up it's it's the Stones special, and and they're talking about the transfer of Stones in there, and and prior to that they were talking about who was it was uh, Yannick Belasi, that uh, I think he was just sold for for thirty million pound, correct? Yes, thirty million. Right. And and so they proceeded to talk about how Balotelli is in no way, shape, or form a thirty million pound player, and they got to Stones and they talked about how he was an, a, a you know a forty seven million dollar player, but then whilst talking about Paul Pogba, uh, the, the the fee was mentioned and Burley stopped and he was like I'm tired of talking about money for players like. You know, if, if you need a guy, then go ahead and spend what you want to get him. If the club has the money, then who cares? And I'm sitting here thinking, you cared when it was Balassi, You cared when it was John Stones. But when it's Paul Pogba, who, by the way... 47 million pounds for a top-class English defender when we already consider the English premium. Now, look, he may have been benched, but everybody unanimously agrees, including Craig Burley, that the kid's got the goods. So, per Burley's own admission, this kid is good um, and, and has the ability to be great. I just, I guess I don't understand why it's so much more damning that City spent 45, 47 on potential, but it's not a big deal that Man United broke a a transfer record for a guy who, for all intents and purposes, does not fit what Mourinho's trying to do. Like, Mourinho's created a system of, like, if unless Mourinho has gone and reinvented his style of playing, I don't see how Rooney and Pogba have the legs to play his let's absorb all the pressure in the world and then counterattack these guys. Like, that's not going to happen. It's not.
0: Right. I I agree with that. And I actually think that the the Pogba fee is not you know, we were hearing some absurd numbers and the official party line from both clubs is it's a bit. It's around ninety million, which I don't buy that for one second. I'm going to I'm going to pretend to buy it and say that if that's it then that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. As reasonable as that can be. if, If if that is in fact I'm opening up a crisp cold Coca Cola
1: here, don't worry, I'm not drinking at what is this? Well, I guess it's noon. Um, if, if that fee for Pogba is what they got him for, I, I do think that's a better bit of business. But I still think it's an inexcusable bit of business. Paul Pogba in no way, shape, or form came through for Juventus in any of their biggest games. Paul Pogba in no way, shape, or form came through for France in any of their biggest games. In fact, when the moment has come, Paul Pogba has really not been around. And for a guy who just broke the the world transfer fee record, those aren't typically the qualities you see in a player who commands that type of fee. But I back that up by saying this is still a guy that it guts me that he went to United. I would have loved to have seen him at City, but I do think that City made the right choice by not engaging in that fiscal disaster and having to pay Rayola Basically, what we got Gundogan for, you know, like I mean, yeah. that's just stupid. Can, to
0: me. can I can I say real quick? And this can. is not not an attempt to like <laughs> United's transfer is stupid because you know, I think both of us pride ourselves on trying to be as rational and reasonable as we can be when we look at these things. But, um, you know, I you keep hearing that Pogba he's not the finished product, which he's not, and I completely buy that argument. He's not the finished product. They're paying for potential yet. They're paying for, you know, what he could ultimately become in a couple years. John Stones is a full year younger than Paul Pogba. There is so much room to grow there. And I think that's part of the reason that this is so exciting to me. Go ahead. Well, I just want to ask,
1: isn't your point supported by the fact that Paul Pogba had Antonio Conte and... Max Allegri coaching him. Yes. And, and he still couldn't reach those levels whereas John Stones had freaking Roberto Martinez. Like isn't there a point where some of this stuff has to be brought in? I feel like your points completely supported by that.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. Um I don't know what Paul Pogba will become. I I do think that we discussed this previously, the success or failure of this transfer window for United will be ultimately based on whether he succeeds or fails at Man United. And I do think I would tip him ultimately to succeed. But, you know, this is riskier than the previous world record transfers. Bale was very much a finished product or when when Real Madrid went in for him. He had accomplishments to his name. He had lit up the world's, you know, one of the world's foremost leagues. Same with Ronaldo. That was not at all a, you know, if there is such a thing as a non-risky world record transfer, I think those were it. This one has a significant more amount of risk to it, I think, and he is going to have a lot of expectations to live up to for a guy who does not have the resume that Bale or Ronaldo had when they walked into Madrid at the Bernabeu. So... I'm really actually interested to see how it plays out, and count me as one of the people skeptical that Pogba and Rooney can coexist in a, in the same eleven. Yeah, I, I, well,
1: I'm skeptical that this Manchester United team is is even going to work. As Jose, I, I mean, look, Jose Mourinho just spent you know a billion putting this team together, and I frankly am not even convinced that they are as good as Arsenal at this point. I think Arsenal will still finish higher than them. Watch uh, Chelsea.
0: Watch Chelsea. Yeah, I'm I, not I I don't know what happened to Chelsea last year. I I have
1: I have little to no faith in Chelsea succeeding simply because of the 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 lack of work that they've done on the transfer market. Ingolo Conte is fantastic, and I love that bit of transfer business. In fact, Ingolo Conte I think was was one of the steals of, of the transfer window. Uh. But even N'Golo Kante can't cover up for the deadness of John Terry and Cahill's legs. and That is
0: ultimately why I don't think they'll win the title. Can I make a comparison for this year's Man United? You may. Do you remember Mourinho's first year of his second spell at Chelsea in 13-14? See? Reminds me a bit of that. In that there is something there. They'll be better. But ultimately... I think they're going to fall short where it matters. That's kind of what I see developing here.
1: Well, unfortunately for everybody else, that was just setting the table. It was. For Mourinho's but, success. But, but that's,
0: uh, that, that's the comp that I'm going to make. And if, if that's how it's going to go, then I'm looking forward to the 2018-2019 uh, Premier League season when Man United land themselves in a relegation battle. You know, I... At the risk
1: of belaboring a point so we can move on and talk about Stones a bit more, I just kind of look at, at, at the expectations that people have. It's funny how people excuse some fees and pile on other clubs about others. You know, by and large, I think City's transfer business has... Gone well. um Shiki probably doesn't get enough credit for some of the things he's done, and I, would I go
0: as I would go as far to say he deserves a bit of an apology from some people. Oh
1: yeah, I would I would I would agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly, and I and I think it's kind of funny too, because I know we talked about this with United and in City basically being the same club. Everybody wanted Woodward gone and. Now that he's gone and opened up the checkbook, they're like, Ed Woodward's the greatest! Uh, the funny part about City fans is they're still like, Sheiky sucks! Um, look, he, he, he got Sané for much lower than, than people expected. Uh, Everton and, and Stones was a classic case of, if you want the guy, you're going to have to pay what they're asking. And even then... City were still able to get the, you know, three point five million less uh, than 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 what Everton were asking, um, and I also thought that the 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 fee that they paid for De Bruyne is looking perfectly reasonable.
0: Now uh, it is, yeah.
1: Yeah, Sterling. I, I think the jury's still out on him, but I, I again, I'm not convinced at all that Manuel Pellegrini was the right manager to have for Raheem Sterling in his first year. I think Pep Guardiola will step in, build his confidence, and I think that that's why Nalido's there. And and you and I have talked about this on several occasions that that Nalito is is meant to be a guy who. Functions as a go-between for the player and the coach, um, especially for those who might not be familiar with Guardiola's demands. Um, but I, but I think all in all, the the, the the for the same price that United paid for Paul Pogba, Manchester City landed themselves for or five of the top young players in the entire world. No doubt Paul Pogba is one of those players, but Zlatan Ibrahimović is going to give you a year at most. And to be honest, I think Zlatan's going to find his time in the Premier League, not to his liking, and his ego is going to get a bit of a bruise. Um... I could be wrong about that, but I, I think that Zlatan is is going – he runs his mouth so much that I think that big defenders are going to be chomping at the bit to abuse him every chance that they get, and I think that that punishment will take its toll over the course of a four-competition season. Uh, which united will after all the money they spent you bet your ass they expect results mm-hmm. i don't know i just don't know
0: so um next question was um actually when we've kind of answered is is john stone's worth the fee i hate questions like this and i i'm the one who put this on there so i'm guilty of it um
1: well, is that inevitably going to end
0: up being Yeah, asked? someone was going to ask the question, so we might as well just do it first. Um, we seem to be in agreement that the answer is yes. In a world where Yannick Bolasie is worth 30 million pounds, which is a terrible piece of business by Everton, by the way, yes, he is. So
1: I think we're at a point that pundits, fans, people who follow the game need to realize uh, that these old school notions that a defender should be worth X, a forward should be worth Y, uh, a midfielder is worth Z, you know, so on and so forth. These notions are out, have to go out the window. When you sign a contract like the one that the Premier League signed, guaranteeing them the type of money that they're going to make, uh, Look, at the end of the day, if somebody knows you've got $16 million and they've got $16.50, but they want something you have, how badly do they want it? You know, because my value of something is a lot different than yours. And, and, and. If I'm Everton, I look at John Stones and I say, okay, maybe the player isn't worth $47.5 million, But you know what? We have a sell-on fee that we have to accommodate. And we're going to get Barnsley their money because it's the right thing to do. And at the same time, we are going to get what we feel is fair for Stones without cutting into the money that we have to give Barnsley. Because if we get screwed, we're going to have to, in turn, screw them. Barnsley, excuse me. Uh, but uh, you, you, I don't know, man. I, I just think that people have falsified notions of what people are worth in an era when sports stars are making more than they ever have in their lives I mean you even look at like the NBA right now and I know that our f- folks across the pond don't necessarily follow the NBA but our you know our native listeners will know that you know jackoffs are getting 30 million dollar contracts you know just to sit on the bench and come out and play 15 minutes because that's what the new collective bargaining agreement has allowed. And uh, if there's one point that I can make to put a bow on this for everyone, you are worth whatever someone will pay. End of story. That's how much you're worth.
0: Right. And I think that's, you know, we can sit here and scoff at some of these transfer fees, which we are. Yannick Bolasie for thirty million, you know, it's absurd. But you know, that's what they value him at. So you know, what am I gonna? Don't spend it. You know, what are, what are we gonna say? Don't spread the. You know, at least you're benefiting other clubs like this, and the the money's going around a bit, and it's just going. To the keep money's going staying
1: within the Premier League, right? Like, Correct. So at the end of the day, the league is be- staying richer because Premier League clubs are overcharging. I mean, look, Leroy Sane is is Zane or whatever. However, that I I find that we mispronounce people's names so often on this show. Uh, But Leroy Sané, if you look at the bit of transfer business that was done there and the price on it, it was a lot more equitable, I think, than than what City paid for for Stones. But at the same time, if you're just looking at those two players in a vacuum and talking about upward potential – I don't know that you'd have either one of those guys rated ahead of each other in terms of what their ceiling could be.
0: Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with it too. So, you know, I'm not, I think, like I said, we have said numerous times, a young English defender who doesn't really have any sort of contemporary in the English game for that price I don't really see how, you know, it is a steep fee for someone who does not have a lengthy list of accomplishments to his name, but you can see the technical quality, and I think that's the important part here. There's definitely something to be had there. Um, so the next question, in light of all this, are you comfortable with City's defensive options as we start the season in, from when I speak right now, about little less than 48 hours?
1: man. Uh, I'm not sure to be honest. Um, all right. I, so we're we we we're, we're hypothesizing as to who's gonna line up right away against Sunderland, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much, and just uh, in general. <sighs> Well, He's going to be here on September the first. Oh, in 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 general, in just the defensive side, or or in just just the center backs. Now that they have I stones, think, I think that they're. I
1: hate saying this, but I feel like it's worth talking about for even if just for a minute. It does seem to appear like Galatasaray will eventually get what they wanted.
0: Well, uh, even if it's not Galatasaray, I would bet money that Jason De Nair is not a Manchester City player on September 3-2. Yeah, but I, I
1: think it will be Galatasaray. Jason, I think that, yeah, that's fair. I, I think Jason De Nair had a positive experience there, and there's no way in hell I see City selling him to Arsenal.
0: Correct. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, if Arsenal want to sell some of their best towns to City, that's fine. But I don't see City turning right back around... And selling what, in theory, could become a world-class center back uh, and selling him to what what is, again, in theory, their rival, uh, you know, for one of these top four spots. So I, I think Galatasaray makes much more sense just from that perspective.
0: I know there were, there were also a couple of lower tier teams that were mentioned. Like, I think Bournemouth was in there and a couple others. But, you know, that's just elementary. Um, I would just say I would like to see if they could get a buyback clause inserted if they do sell them. But that's basically all I have on that. The
1: problem with that is I think after everything that's happened, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, if that's the fair.
1: I would agree to it.
0: That's fair. And I Ooh, mean, n- yeah, no, I get it. And I don't think that, you know, even if they do insert a buyback clause, it doesn't mean that if they activate it, he has to go. So mm-hmm. that's, that's basically my only point on that.
1: I think the only thing that may make this a little bit easier for Denayer is if Pep Guardiola uses him to some degree, which I don't think he will. But let's just say that Pep's looking at his options and, and decides, you know what, this opening game against Sunderland is far too important. I am going to play Otamendi and Stones. And then if Stones proves like he can't handle it, uh, or maybe he's not ready in the system, then maybe you look to a guy like denaer Or possibly you use Denayer as a fullback to start out just
0: because you should also consider we don't actually know as we speak right now if Otamendi is fit for the weekend
1: That's fair. I don't know if Otamendi is going to be playing this weekend, which makes me think that the whole reason Jason Denayer is even on that squad list is because if we're being truthful, he's probably one of the better center back options available.
0: I think so. Yeah. I agree with that, and I mean, who else are they going to get at this juncture? I mean, there's that's just mean, if they were to go if, out, if and- they were to actually get another defender, like there's no, and they're not being linked to one. Um, I I think Benucci's Thanks.
1: completely
0: off the table. Yeah, Manulis is it? I don't. Benucci's not leaving now that they've sold Pogba, so I don't. That's it, and I don't think they would do that. So I think that ultimately. You
1: know what would be interesting? Who's that? What if City were to say, Fine, you don't want to sell us Benucci? What if we offered you thirty million for Rugiani?
0: I don't know if they'd do that either. I have my doubts that you know, Juve are motivated to sell anyone. At this juncture.
1: I don't even think that Juve truthfully wanted to sell Pogba. I think it... I
0: don't think they did either.
1: I think it just came across where United were being ridiculously stupid with money, and... and Were willing
0: to pay up, and I think he was willing to push for the move out, so...
1: Dude... If you're gonna make as much as Pogba does and be revered the way he's gonna be revered, sort of as the prodigal son at Manchester.
0: hashtag hashtag Pogback
1: Yeah, hashtag Pogback. I can't see any reason why you wouldn't take that up. Like, I mean, we've said this, you know. Even going back to the NBA, there is a reason that 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 the that the original team with the player assigned with can offer a max deal that's higher than anybody else. Like, you know, you you can always go home. And that's exactly what Paul Pogba did. But that, in turn, means that City, who made their transfer business this season, all about the targets that, with the exception of Maybe Cruz and maybe Obama Yang, because we don't know how serious the interest was there. Um, I mean, we we have an idea, but, but 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 you know, City conduct their talks in such a way that a- anybody can just venture a guess. I, I I truthfully think that City are one of the best clubs. At keeping what they're doing a secret they're just not very good at once they've done it keeping <laughs> a secret uh uefa I, are you with me on that one I'm gonna,
0: that yeah may... i'm with you absolutely i think that i think that things don't often leak out the things that leak out are things that either city wants Mm-hmm. you to hear or as what i think happened with the obama yang thing a rogue agent got a little bit mouthy and said something that no one was actually prepared to deal with well what did i miss well i mean back back when it was the sky sources city are you know in talks with pierre Emmerich, obama yang when that happened uh uh-huh. i think I think that was a mouthy agent, not the club. That's not, I don't, I don't have any Oh, so, I get you. Yeah. You're
1: saying that, that, that his agent was trying I, to get Red
0: Madrid to come in. Or and, something, or somewhat. I don't I, think that was a city leak. Yeah, no. City don't seem to be the type of club in
1: in all my, you know. And I have a lot of experience with this too, especially on this because you know, there's not that much difference between college football recruiting and the transfer market in 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 international footy. Uh, but for those who follow college football and know how these things go. Like, it's almost the same thing. Like, you could literally write up reports on recruits in the exact same way that reports are written up on, on transfers. And I've often joked around back when I was covering more recruiting that I wanted to start writing, like, you know, uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster commitment to USC imminent in all caps. And right. just start making a mockery of that stuff. But there's not a lot of difference in the way that they're done. And and you, if you follow it long enough, you truly get a sense at which teams, which clubs, which organizations are better at keeping a lid on things and keeping that sort of information in-house until they're ready for components of it to leak out and which clubs are all about putting their business out there. And, and I think if you're a club like Real Madrid, you can just sort of put your penis on the table and say, take a look, everybody. It's got 11 European cups. It's big. And, and you'll win that argument. You just will. But with your Manchester City and, and, and you're trying to start a project, at, even though you've got the best coach in the world – There are still a lot of things that Manchester City have yet to do. And so getting people to buy into Guardiola isn't the issue. It's can Guardiola get the job done in the amount of time that people think he will be there. But we also tend to think that Guardiola is going to be there a little bit longer than just the three years.
0: Right. And you also pick up on, like, the buzzwords that come out, and the the final offer ultimatums and all the nonsense that comes. And I think that City, when they leak things, they leak them when they're really confident of things happening. Did you read that article? If you Google it, I can't remember who wrote it. I want
1: to say it was The Mirror, actually, though. It could have been The Guardian. It could have been The Mirror. But they sat down, and obviously everybody was anonymous they didn't want their name attached to it but this is a full-on report of how transfer business is, is is done from all sides and it was just this leering look into transfer business and it's you you saw little things like the rule of three
0: which is when I have seen this for the record. Yeah, yeah,
1: okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about when they say if there's three clubs linked with the player, then the news almost always came from the agent because – one is real, one is a decent possibility, and the other one is just pure fantasy.
0: Right. And it's just these... As I recall, it was one is real, one is like somewhere that might be interested the player would like to go, and the third is just somewhere to drive up the price, essentially. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like a Real Madrid or something, like, are supposedly interested. And I, I can't help but wonder, these people that do this, they should hire people who are a bit smarter than them. To come up with realistic clubs, because when these reports come out and you read crap like, ah, Real Madrid could be very interested in Fernandinho or whatever. No, they're not!
0: Like, Real Madrid are interested in Moussa Sissoko. Mm, no. That was the one from this summer, I believe. Mm, yeah, no. No, they're
1: not. They're They might be interested in, in him delivering water to Christian, you know, to, to, to Bale and Eric, Gareth Bale. I wanted to call him Christian Bale, Batman, uh, Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo. But I don't think that they're actually going to be signing him. My
0: favorite. And this came out just today. They like Sissoko is speaking to, and this was quoted by the BBC. So this isn't just some second rate news source that's coming out is that Sissoko, says, I hope Real will come for me. I'm still waiting. If they're interested, then you'd be happy. I'm like, shouldn't someone tell him? I feel like... Hey, I, so, shouldn't someone be like, that's not actually happening.
1: Yeah, you're... Uh, you know, I feel like enough people have told him on Twitter, but maybe somebody that's really good friends with him needs to sit down and be like, bruh. Yeah. It ain't happening. Let it. Yeah. Go. Just um, playing Frozen. Let it go. <laughs>
0: that's pretty. Yeah. That's I, I, that's one of the more fantastical transfer. Watch it happen now. You know, I don't think it will, but it would just it would make us look properly stupid if. It so, I, in that same vein, I want to ask you before we wrap things up here. Sure, and I want to have bring in one more point quick before we wrap up, so I you have, go and then I'll go. Who do you think plays at the weekend? I think it's um, Stones and Otamendi if Otamendi's fit. And if he's not fit, I would not be shocked to see Tosin in there, actually. Hmm. Hmm. I just, I just, I get the feeling. I would have said Denaire if not Otamendi, but I just after that Arsenal game when he didn't even play, I just can't see, you know, if he didn't play there, are you really going to throw him into the starting lineup for the first Premier League game? No, you're not. I don't see it.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: which saddens me to a
1: decent degree, but at the same time, like we talked about on this podcast, a a primary function of the club is to buy and, and train these players such that they can turn around and then sell them for a substantial profit. And that's what keeps the business going. And while a lot of people would have loved to have seen Denayer come through, there do seem to be some indications that the whole reason City moved for Stones is because maybe he wasn't as far along as they had hoped.
0: I mean, this is three windows in a row that they have spent... A significant and, sum of money on and, a center back.
1: And for what it's worth, Mark Wilmots refused to even go to him, even when it
0: became apparent. Until he had to, literally that, had to. Yeah.
1: Until it became apparent that yeah, like you said, he had to. And the funny part about that is, it's you know Jason Denayer was one of the few people on that Belgian squad who could actually play left or right back, and did. Den- Wilmot's not that this means anything because we talked about how we feel about him, but Wilmot's just decided, nah, I'm going to go ahead and use four straight center backs and one of them will get it down. I I think on one level, Wilmot's is an idiot on another level. You look at that and, and, and you say, okay, if Jason Denayer couldn't even crack that when he has full back and a I mean, compared to those other guys, had a decent amount of fullback experience, at least more recently, then I think, yeah, you're right. It's just all of this evidence, when you pile it up, when you stack it up and you stare it in the face, you're left with one obvious conclusion, if you are being honest with yourself.
0: yep, he's gone. I don't see any other... And it bums me out,
1: too, because... It really... bums
0: me out, too, but, you know, I just... If this many people don't rate him, you know, okay. maybe we're the idiots. Um, the last thing I wanted to get to was this uh, report from The Independent that came out this morning.
1: Go on. Which is
0: one of, the, uh, one of the more trustworthy ones, so I understand. It's not a trash rag like certain British tabloids. Like the... Eh, we're not naming names. The like, time. like the asterisk again. Yeah, we're we're not we're not going to name names of certain Rupert Murdoch owned publications. Yeah. Um, that Guardiola still wants a goalkeeper and a forward with um, unconvinced over Caballero to say the least, and saw that coming. Wilfred Bonnie on the way out, which would leave them with two true strikers. Um, I, I don't know who the forward would be. We're awful late in the window, and we're not getting any links. The Claudio Bravo links for goalkeeper aren't going away, but I think what we've said on this program before is that Claudio Bravo is already in a situation at Barcelona with Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, where he is already in a spot where he is in a con- constant fight to be number one. Would he really leave... To be yeah, in the same spot as Manchester. Say City. Something
1: straight out though. Go for it. After having seen Joe Hart and Willie Caballero in these two games, are you one hundred percent convinced that Claudio Bravo would even have to fight for it? I mean, Guardiola is going to have a competition, but much in the same way that a five star quarterback who came in under the promise of playing right away. Is in an open competition with a you know a fledgling junior. uh, I don't know that it would be so much of an open competition. I think. I think. I think that if
0: looking for a reason to replace him. I think that if Claudio Bravo came to Manchester City, there is a pretty significant chance that he would end up as the number one by the end of the season, and that Hart would be probably see his fate met in the next summer transfer window i think that is entirely if he did come i think that would actually be sorry i muted myself but if he did come i think that would actually be the most likely of scenarios to be honest with you um you know the question is how does both of them react how does Hart react to that how do you handle that as the man manager if you're pep I don't you know, but I do buy that they would love to get another goalkeeper in there because like like I said on Tuesday, this is the first time that Guardiola has ever walked into a new club where he does not have an in-house option that can play the way he wants to. He had Valdez at Barcelona and he had Neuer at Bayern Munich, both of whom could play the way he wants to play. But Caballero can't and Hart can't. So he's in a situation where he's either going to, for the first time, have to try to mold one of these guys into that sort of keeper, which is a long shot at best, or he's going to have to go buy somebody.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't think City are done in the transfer market. Yeah. Uh. I, you know, they sold off... What was it like 13% of, of of the company to Chinese investors for that Correct. sum of like 250 million pound? Um, now they haven't sold too many people yet so some of those and
0: that's a can I can I, if I can go there yeah, for go a ahead. second please when, we're looking at the Champions League squad that was named for the qualifier which will obviously can obviously and will obviously change assuming they make it to the group stage. They got 21 guys on there. They have to leave spaces because of the quotas and all that nonsense. Um, Company's not on it, and Gundawan's not on it, and both of them will have to be on it, assuming that company doesn't break again before they have to register people, Um, which is non-zero chance of that happening. But let's just assume that his recovery goes well and he's back playing in, say, September, October, so they would register him for the group stages. That means you got to get two of these people off. And if they sign one or two more people, I mean, if they sign a goalkeeper, Caballero goes. That's an easy one. Um, But if they sign another forward, you know, you start to look at who's named to that qualifying because they're going to have to swap out at least at least two. Yeah, at least two and maybe three. Um, Bonnie's already not on it. Nazri's already not on it. So that takes away two options, and the rest you look at. Kolarov is an obvious one. Um, but beyond that, you know, who, who goes? You're looking at this. As I'm looking at the the midfielders. Fernando. Are you sure? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. I don't think Fernando is. I think Fernandinho is, but I don't think Fernando.
0: Well, Uh, see, I The thing that gives me pause about that is, you know, I, hmm. He's, I I don't, yeah. I don't think he. Plays the way that they'll that they would like him to play, but I don't, you know. Basically, what I'm seeing is somebody's either going to have to get sold, and I don't think Fernando is going to get sold at this juncture. I don't or think someone's going to have to sit out the Champions. Yeah, League.
1: that's that's that that's what I meant. I don't I don't necessarily. All right. I don't want to equate me saying these guys getting dropped from the Champions League squad is is that they're being sold, I think Pep Guardiola knows he has a limited squad. And if we're going through this, all right, if another, if another keeper is signed, we know Caviero's getting dropped and likely released to some degree. They'll probably just outright release him, buy him out of his contract. It'd be more worth it than trying to sell him at that point. Um, Bakari Sanya is the ageless wonder. He ain't going anywhere. Pablo Zabaleta, we got official confirmation that he's staying. Yep. Um, What I would say about Zabaleta is that I think that you could find a concession there that if Guardiola were to uh, find somebody else that he could bring in, that you could see Zabaleta in exchange for being given another year at the club agreeing that he doesn't have the legs to compete in Europe. Um, I think Zabaleta is at least that aware of himself and is a selfless team player. I, I'm just possible this this li- people have to come off this list. It's that's not up for debate. So I'm just giving possible yeah. explanations as to why one or two of these guys could go. I'm not saying they will. So that, that would be my thing with Zabaleta. Kolarov, I think his performance just basically... Yeah.
0: I mean, it's easier to list the guys who you know. They're it's not likely going to be sold. Yeah. So he'd I beat. mean, Hart's staying on the list no matter what. Sanya's staying on the list no matter what. Stones, obviously. Otamendi is staying on the list. Clichy's staying on the list. He's the left. He's the first choice left back. Sterling's staying on the list. De Bruyne is staying on the list. Sane's going to be on the list. Silva's going to be on the list. Frandini is going to be on the list. Yaya's probably going to be on the list. And Nolito, Aguero, and Hinacho are all going to be on the list. Um, I left out Navas. Uh, Sevilla have dropped their interest. I don't think he's going to go off the list.
1: Yeah, I don't think Navas is going to go off the list simply because Navas really understands tactics and when you're playing in Europe, you need a guy... Who has
0: tactical wherewithal? So as- I also I also left off Delf, but he with the need for the quota, I don't think he goes off the list.
1: I don't think he does either because I think I've also been hearing reports that Delf has been somewhat of a revelation for Penn. Yeah, Thank
0: and I would, that wouldn't surprise me if they find a role for Delf, but ultimately I think his Englishness will save him this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so if it, let's let's whittle that, that does leave you with. Fernando and Kolarov, basically. Fernando, Kolarov, Capito, Denayer as well. Denayer. I think they'll keep Zabaleta on the list, personally. I think that the other three would go first before they went to him.
1: So, okay. Because
0: that would leave them awful thin and okay,
1: defense. So, we'll, we'll we'll leave Zabaleta on the list, but you've got Kolarov,
0: who can go. Cabby, who can go. And the other thing about Fernando that posits your point is that I think that Alex Garcia, I don't think, needs to be registered for the A-list. So could he could theoretically step in as another midfield option, fill the Fernando role as a deep-lying passer, and they wouldn't, I mean, that would basically fill, you know, a, they wouldn't they would have another option there. I, I could be wrong on whether he needs to be registered or not but I don't think he and Angelino, I don't think either of them have to be officially registered on the A-list. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know what the rules are there. but I know, I'm kind of speculating. I think it's, you have to have been at the club for an under 21 for a certain amount of time, and it's just weird, and I don't actually... Um... So We've
1: we, we landed on Kolarov, Denayer, and Cabby, uh, and... Possibly Fernando as, as our four that we are in agreement because we are not in agreement on Zabaleta, so I'm going to remove him. But these four, we seem to be in agreement that, that those are the, 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 the guys who could drop their spot.
0: Because- as I researched this, by the way, I'm not sure if Alex Garcia actually would have to be registered. He might be, but I think irrelevant of that, I think Fernando's on the chopping block.
1: Yeah, Fernando... Oh, uh, good,
0: okay, because you have to get Ingunna on at some point. That is Correct. going to happen. If this, And I think that Denair and Kolarov will go before Fernando does. I do, too. I think Denair... I personally feel like Caballero,
1: Denair, and Kolarov are the three set to be removed before anyone else. Correct. So if he gets another keeper, see you, Cadillero. If he can get himself... Uh, uh, Or if Angelino and... uh, Because, see, here's the thing. I think I could see him bringing Maffeo or Angelino into Champions League, but I don't think he brings both. Mostly because the space prohibits it.
0: And I think that... Well, I think... And again, I'm speculating here, but I think that Angelino and Maffeo would not have to be registered.
1: Okay, fair. Um...
0: I, so, which is why I think that left-back, Kolarov gets the chop, Angelino deputizes for Clichy, because, and they'll keep the two senior right-backs. I, I think is the most likely of... Because Angelino's been at the club for a while. Yeah. So, um, and let me... UEFA champions like registration rules. Squad registration rules are strange. I know that much. Let me... I know... My my experience of in this in the rule book rules lawyering knowledge comes from playing Football Manager, so I should probably look up the actual rules. But I know that the the A list is uh, no more than twenty five players on the A list. Two must be goalkeepers, eight must be uh, locally trained players, and full, um and the association trained pl- club trained players. Um, a player can be on the B list if he's born on or after, and this is for last year, so that you can probably move the year up a bit. First uh, of January ninety four, and has been playing for the club uninterrupted for two years since his fifteenth birthday.
1: Whoa, Alex Garcia! I do so.
0: Alex Garcia does not make the list.
1: Yeah, I was about to um, say I don't think he qualifies.
0: I think Angelino, despite his loan moves, does because he signed in twenty twelve. So yeah, he would be all right.
1: Let me see on Alex Garcia. He, Alex
0: Garcia signed at the beginning of last season, so there's no way. He yeah,
1: could. he's 19.
0: Um, Maffeo <laughs> signed in 2013, so he would also be okay. Yeah. So Garcia can't come, so that
1: likely increases the chance of Fernandine or Fernando staying, and that would mean Maffeo and Angelina would likely be your your deputized fullbacks at at some point in the tournament. And uh, I think what we're left with is a consensus agreement that Caballero, Kolarov, and Denaire are going to be the three who are gone.
0: Yep. And if they sign a forward, it gets a little more interesting. But I think that um If Fernando they sign a forward,
1: go. who do you think gets dropped?
0: Ah, uh, that's a I really think, good question. I think
1: it's a midfielder.
0: I think somebody... Yeah, I think they might stick... Sus- we'll stick with our Fernando prediction. Yeah. Um, because and they'll just hope that Gundawan holds out because they'll still have Delph, and they'll still have Torre and they'll still have Fernandinho to go with that. Um, so I agree with you because they're not going to not drop Aguero obviously, and they're not. I don't think they'll drop Iannato either. So
1: I can't see Pep Guardiola dropping Iannato. Why would you at his yeah. strike rate? I mean, the amount the The amount of production you get from Ian at his age is is stunning. It's flippin' stunning. And he can play out wide, which is what he does for his country. So he gives Guardiola options, options up front. And that's what Guardiola likes. I think with Fernando... And this is why I I think he's the fourth guy on the chopping block. I'm making my case for him here. Fernando is very limited in what he can do. He's not a versatile player. He's very much a center defensive midfielder, maybe even a center back. Although I tend to think that he doesn't really have the footballing brain that Fernandinho does. His counterpart, I think Fernandinho's would be a bit more equipped to play center back. So, in that vein, I think that if you wanted to, and wanted to play three at the back, and you had a fit Otamendi, you get that company, you have Tosin, I think it is fully possible that you could put Otamendi, company, And even Sanya, who who has full-on been deputized at center back before, and Pep will be acutely aware of this, he's never had a problem using a right back before as a center back because it gives him another option of a guy who's used to having the ball at the feet who can play it moving forward. I think he'd play on the right side with company occupying the center spot and then either Tosin or John Stones occupying that left. But John Stones may very well... Isn't Vinny left-footed? Is Vinny le- left I think
0: Vinny, Vinny's right-footed, I think.
1: And what Stones? Is he left or right? Uh,
0: um, <laughs> I thought he was right-footed, but I'm not positive. I was under the impression.
1: Find out...
0: I think Mangala's their only, and the fact I I think the Mangala's their only left footed center backs, so, and obviously he's not going to be a factor. Um, to add to your point, by the way, Alex Garcia would not be eligible for the B list, but Manu Garcia would be. So mm. that's another.
1: That's that is another option. Yeah, yeah. I just don't see Fernando. My 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 main point here, not to drag it out, you know, because I don't think it really matters. Uh, who. Uh, is left or right-footed. But my point here being is I think that Pep Guardiola would have no problem shifting to a three-back system that incorporates Sanya, and it's not something that's been talked about a lot. And I and I think we haven't seen it because Pep Guardiola is a man who doesn't necessarily need to tip all his tricks. And Bakari Sanya, we all know that he can play with the ball at his feet. Everybody in the world knows that Bakari Sanya is is a tireless worker, a fundamental defender, and quite solid with the ball at his feet. I think that gives you an option at center back. Will he play in there? I don't know. But it gives you an option, which I don't think you have with Fernando. I think at the end of the day, for the fourth guy, Fernando just makes the most sense because of – how limited he is in what he can play
0: yeah i yep yeah, i have nothing else to add to that and if i don't really have anything else period unless you have something to add before we wrap this thing up
1: you know i was just looking at at uh a comment from one of our listeners sitting across the pond who said uh I had tweeted that it sounds more and more like Manchester City News had reported today that it sounds like Denaer's move to Galatasaray is becoming more likely, and I said it was a sad situation for all involved, but Jason deserves his chance to play football team, first first-team football somewhere. And uh, City across the pond had responded with, it's the same thing with Ronnie Lopes. I think these young players need to be patient. Very few under the age of 23 will be City first team. Um, I agree with the sentiment completely. Um, I think he's right to a certain degree. I think, though, with Pep Guardiola, the dynamic of the age does change Pep Guardiola show no aversion to playing guys who are 16, 17, uh, well, maybe not 16, but 17, 18, 19 doesn't necessarily bother him. Um, if, if the guy has the requisite skills, then then he'll make it into a Pep Guardiola side.
0: But whereas whereas by the way, just a really quick interruption. I would, the youth seemed to be pretty stonewalled under Pellegrini. There was no real no none. effort to integrate any youth players into anything more than some garbage time minutes, even in the League Cup. And this is why I got so
1: frustrated. Wait, whoa, holy crap. Let me see here. MCFC Pride had just tweeted that. Is
0: this about the Rui deal?
1: Yeah, the Rui deal looks a lot better in detail. We bought him for four million in loan to Sosa Dad until January. Then they have to buy him for eight point six million pounds. We retain the thirty percent sell on clause and have first option to buy back within two years for twelve million. Yeah. You know, when, when you get to the details of that deal, that looks like an outstanding bit of business.
0: They've basically and gotten... They
1: we're to talk about Ruli for a brief yeah. minute. We said we were going to talk about Ruli and Hazen. Sure, let's
0: do it. Okay. What they've done with him, by the way, is they've basically gotten a quick profit now, um, a share of the profit on a future sale, and they've basically locked a price in on him for the next two years if Pep decides that, you know, maybe they don't sign Bravo this window. Maybe next summer they can go in for him at a fixed price, especially if he has a really good season or two at Sociedad. So, you know, that actually looks like a really smart little piece of business.
1: Yeah, um, and Ruli didn't look amazing yesterday against Honduras, but he had a rather impressive and very confident penalty save uh, though I was talking with Sam Lee from goal just very briefly throughout the match. And I asked him whether Geronimo Ruley's mistakes were because he didn't necessarily know any better like youthful mistakes, or if they were learned bad habits, because if they're learned bad habits, then that can be problematic to undo. Uh, but if it's just a situation where he doesn't know any better because he's younger and nobody's taught him, then that's the exact kind of thing that Pep Guardiola wants to get his hands on, <clears throat> um, which kind of leads me to my, my, my last question on Geronimo Rulli really, before we close out with Gabriel Jesus. I wanted to ask you about this, because you look at Rulli, and I don't know how much you've been able to see him play with Argentina in the Olympics. My guess is zero outside of the clips on uh, Twitter that I'm sure a lot of people have seen. Uh, I know for a fact that I've watched about, I, I literally have not watched a single event in the Olympics. Uh, actually, that's not true. I did watch Brazil lose their, or uh, to draw their opening match with the Republic of South Africa, which gave it
0: only felt like a loss. Yes. Yes. Um, but, uh, you,
1: you, you, so how much have you seen of Ruli, I suppose would be the Absolutely first. nothing. Got it. I could bet. <laughs> Absolutely nothing on Ruli. Okay, but that, that's sort of immaterial to the question that I was going to ask. If you look at Ruli, I know you've seen Angus Gunn. Uh, right. now, Gunn comes from Pedigree. But when I see gun play, I see several of the same traits that I see in Joe Hart. Very flat-footed, slow to react on distant shots, but I will say this. Angus Gunn, as a penalty-saving keeper, is outstanding. He seems to get that quite well. And I don't know... If it's because it's crappy, you know, youth players that are taking the penalty shots or what it is, but in terms of, we saw Gunn's ability to shut down Dortmund players, uh, in, in that PK situation, um, and I gotta tell you, man, uh, some of those sayings were just bona fide. like they they weren't lucky guesses. Those were authoritative. Um Are you convinced by Gunn? or and I guess this is really st- weird to ask that at, at such an early stage in his career. But has Gunn put enough confidence in you? that you feel like he's the best option for City moving forward? or nope. <laughs> Okay, so that... that answers that question.
0: Well, why then?
1: What 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 about I, him?
0: Makes I you just, think? I don't, I like you said, I think there's a lot of the same issues that will uh, arise as with Hart. I think that, you know, City have been sort of doing this whole Lamazia style, they play the same way through all the age groups thing in the last few years, but it hasn't quite, you know, Angus Gunn is correct me I'm gonna look up his exact age so I don't come off sounding like an idiot here. He's 20 now. he's one of the older prospects in the youth system. He is still you know the whole distribution sweeper keeper thing is he's been around since before that was a thing so I I just I don't see him being a number one in a club of cities caliber I don't um. I would be interested in seeing him loaned out or something, and see how he gets on wherever, to find the right fit. But he's—I think that the real, you know, the the sweeper keeper style guys who are going to come up through the academy are going to be a bit younger than that because of how the timing of which they have sort of transitioned to that more fluid all the way through the academy top to bottom system. It is still a more recent thing that mostly came in along with. Cheeky and Soriano when they were hired late in 2012 so I think that I I think I don't see Gunn as I see him as a talent but I'm not sure he's the right talent for. Sale. Do you think that Gunn falls into that category we mentioned
1: earlier of guys who will be sold on for a decent sized profit
0: I could see that happening yeah because you know especially if they bring in Aruoli, not this window. Obviously, they won't, they can't, and won't be doing that this window. But you know, you look ahead to next summer. Aruoli is a very young keeper, and you would imagine that if they do decide to bring it's him 20. to City, he's 24. That's really young in goalkeeper age. Okay, fair enough. That's really young in goalkeeper age. You know, you get you get goalkeepers playing up into their upper thirties. Well, but,
1: but by that token,
0: I. I gotta be a, a contrarian here. If, if you're Go saying ahead.
1: that that, that Gun is one of the older guys and he's not really developed, but you're so- I'm
0: not saying that. I'm not saying I, I know where you're going with that. Okay. I'm not saying that. Um, and I, sh- you know, is you can tell you tell me this is. Do you think Ruly is more of that sort of active sweeper sort of keeper that Guardiola system demands, or is he not? I don't
1: I gotta be honest, I I don't know. Okay. I, I mean from what I've seen out of him, I think <clears throat> since the question that I asked Sam and, and, and I think he, he I I, because I think yeah, that I think that's the million dollar question. Yeah, Sam never got back to me on this one. So I'm not calling him out at all, Sam. If you're listening, I know how the business goes. But I did pose this question to Sam so I could ask it uh straight to you is that when you, with Ruli? I'm not sure if if Ruli is a guy that, at 24, he is going to be a guy that can come into Guardiola's system and pick it up right away, or if it's a situation whereby City, like you said on a previous podcast, Picked him up because they wanted to have, you know, uh, 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 a top quality young goalkeeper. Uh, oh, and and I guess Sam Leah tweeted this this morning or yesterday that not much has changed or will change in the Hart situation since I wrote this, but uh, options are not limited to Ter Stegen. <clears throat> it's really it's really starting to look like there's a genuine sense that Guardiola has made up his mind on Joe Hart. And I am okay with that. And I realize that a lot of people want to see some of these players come through, but that's not Guardiola's job. Guardiola's job is is to win, and I think that the thing with Ruli is I don't know if 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 because Sam Lee was commenting yesterday that he was playing somewhat erratically. It's way too. I think it's too soon to say this, but at the same time, with the amount of pressure that comes under these players when they make these deals, I was wondering if some of his erratic play was a case of him trying to do too much now that city had signed him. you know and and it, it seems to to me like that would be unlikely to have developed that quickly, but the minute you seem to find yourself attached with a project the size of city, a coach like Guardiola who wants you, those expectations instantly, start to affect the way you think. There's no other way around that. I mean, that's a life-altering thing that happened to him. And now, every game that he's out there, he knows that now he's not just being watched by, well, frankly, Argentina – uh yeah, as well who are
0: Yeah, I was going to say if I can just interject real quick, the Olympics are probably the biggest stage he's ever played on.
1: Yeah, yeah. And 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 when the biggest competition in the Olympics is a crappy Brazilian team being led by Neymar who are trying to get Brazil a gold in a competition that literally they're the only team sending an actual team to play. Like that tells you how much it means to Brazil. Like every, this is basically like the Toulon tournament in Rio, but except for Brazil, because <clears throat> they sent Neymar. But I do feel like there could be a small possibility that that really is, is now playing maybe a little bit erratic because of the city deal. So I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think you kind of just need to wait until Real Sociedad get into their season and La Liga sort of takes over that distraction for him, you know, because there's going to come a point in the La Liga season where his brain's either going to have to turn over or we're going to find out that he doesn't have the mental ability to, to, to play for City. But I would think that There will come a point in the season where you're just so overwhelmed by everything that's going on in La Liga that you just don't have time to think about Pep. So hopefully we'll start to see the consistency of Ruli in that situation. And if he starts to shine, then we'll get a better idea of whether or not he's one for Man City or one for the future in terms of, of the, the, the paycheck. Um, but I I don't I don't know how I feel about Ruli. Like the, the whole loan deal was so convoluted when it was signed that I almost felt, and this sounds awkward to say, but I felt no urgency to look up any information about Geronimo Ruli just because I'm like, really, like what the hell is this deal? Like <laughs> I don't. We don't even know. You said we don't even know if they're gonna keep the guy. You know. I mean I don't. But. Now having seen the the actual deal in the light of day, I think I am going to to take the time seriously, sit down, watch some Marulli's games and see what he's all about. And and I'll I'll record as many Sociedad games as I can this season uh to 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 see what kind of a product city have.
0: I will just wrap this up by saying basically, you know, unless a move for Bravo materializes in the next two weeks. I think that the city goalkeeper situation will be actually really addressed next summer. And I think it will be addressed next summer. One I think it
1: may even be addressed during the winter.
0: See, that would be a little more difficult, which is why I'm loathed. To... I, I think that it depends a lot on.
1: There's going to be some point, point in the winter where some of these clubs are going to realize that they're not in competition for things and they're going to have to sell. And if there comes a point where Guardiola feels like he can get his hands on a product like, I, I I mean crap, even a guy like Weidenfeller, like I mean just, you know, a guy for a half a season or something. I, I I you're right, you're probably right that nothing nothing ever really gets done in that January window. That's that's really only used if you need to bolster. But I I might be in the same camp as Sam Lee. And I go back to my earlier statement. I don't think City's done in the marketplace. And I say that for one reason and one reason only. Last year, after they completed all those major signings, City came right out and said we're done. They yep. didn't do that this time.
0: hmm They didn't. And ultimately came rather late. Yep. Too Then that was kind of out of nowhere. So I mean, there were the links materialized basically a matter of days before it actually happened. So, let's let's touch on Gabby Jesus real briefly and get the hell right, out of here, real quick. Yeah, um, I did see the goal. It was a very nice goal. It was. And, um, so well, that covers it. Yeah, basically, the extent of the Olympic soccer that I've seen. <laughs> no, so, I,
1: I I just I, I just want to ask real quickly. Now that you've started to see a little bit more of Gabriel Jesus. And and I'm sure you've watched highlight videos, much like I have, um, and tried to pay attention to some of the tweets that have gone around about him, you know, gifs of of his play and such. Um, How are you feeling about that signing coming in? in? Because, you know, (laughs) it's funny that we talk about this. And you mentioned there's another, you know, what about another forward coming? We keep forgetting that Jesus comes to Manchester City.
0: Oh, yeah. I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten. I was just going off, you know. No, but I'm The rumor from this morning.
1: Who do you think Jesus would go in to the
0: Champions League roster? Well, we'll stick with the Fernando prediction. I mean, there's a lot that could change between now and January or December or what what have you. Wind up sucking it up. That's true. Let's hope Um, he doesn't do that. Yeah, and I, you know, they might give him a break with the Brazilian season ending when it does, and he's playing the Olympics in the summer, and he'll probably have played a ton of football by that point. So, you know, I don't know what they'll do with him. a kid, too. Like, you don't
1: at that point, the Champions League would be getting into the nitty gritty of the competition, and I think that. If he were to come over and say he got a beautiful ball from Nolito or Sterling and, and, you know, he just fluffed his shot or something... You don't want that wrecking the confidence of him. So it may be in Pep's best and in, in the player's best interest when he does come. And I hadn't even considered. I'm really glad you mentioned the amount of football he'll have been playing at that point. I hadn't considered the possibility of a rest for him. So that, that's, that's, that's a really good point. So maybe he doesn't replace Fernando at all.
0: Yeah, he's, you know, I think we all have this idea, especially with the forward situation as it is right now, where it's basically Aguero and Ihe because Bonnie's definitely not in their plans. But I think it's an awful lot to ask a 19-year-old who has played an entire year of football to come in and be like, well, all right, let's go. I think... You mentioned
1: that, the one thing that comes into my mind, I swear to God I won't be long with this one, but everybody
0: keeps talking about, well, City are really thin up front. City are really th- thin up front. I don't think they're thin up front, but I think that in terms of pure strikers, I think that it gives some people pause.
1: Okay, no, 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 I, I that's, that's fair play. I get that. But look at what he did at Bayern. Like, that's true. I mean, were they any less thin up front if you consider that Guts is sort of a wide player. I don't or, consider Gutz an out-and-out forward Yeah, Yeah, no, nor do I, just as the same as I don't consider Nalito an out-and-out out forward, Correct. despite the fact that they have him listed there. So the idea that Pep needs to have more strikers doesn't quite resonate with me as loudly as it does with other people, because I think – that the only issue that you run into with Manchester City, as opposed to Bayern, is that Lewandowski and Müller do not seem to have the same track record for
0: injuries as Aguero. Yeah, that's it. I think that's a big part of it, is that Aguero just can't, you know, there's going to be a point where he's going to get hurt. And then they don't want to be left with Kaleshi or Bust, basically, I think is... Cause that's because and, and and it's still fresh in the mind of James Milner playing as a false nine a couple of years ago. That's still fresh in everyone's mind. He actually didn't do too bad. I'm not saying he did badly, but I don't think it's an experience anyone wants to see repeated in some form. No. Well,
1: in generally speaking, Pep's experiments with the false nine outside of Lionel Messi, I don't think, have gone exceedingly well. He tried that same setup with Götze, and we saw how that worked out for all involved. Uh, I think, look, when, when people say City are, up, are thin up front, I don't I think that they sometimes set aside, and we can wrap up on this, where the goals actually come from in a, in a Pep Guardiola team. they have so many men forward and so many midfielders that guys like Silva, which honestly scares me, because Silva's kind of a crappy finisher. Um,
0: kind of? I, hey, I'm, can we just be blunt? He's a terrible I'm because he's, he's had a couple of shots. Sometimes he'll like, be world class, and then sometimes yeah, it's, it's Navas like sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude,
1: Navas had that one shot last season where I swear to God I dropped my drink and just fell to the floor laughing. I can't remember
0: the game, but was it the I- Palace game where he missed the open? the open goal oh, no 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 no, no. That, I, the fact that we have to figure out which one it was really i think no, no, no. says it all
1: this was the one where like i think like even the announcers were talking about it so the first person who uh who who can send us the name of the team or find us a gif of the goal i don't know what we'll do because it's not like we have a whole bunch of crap to give away uh but you know what we do have hashtag a- shout out we do have, well, no, nay, nay, nay. We do have fan essentials, and we can use our one-month giveaway to the person who finds it and sends it to us. I'll have to contact BTR, uh, and and find out how our giveaway works. But in 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 in, in my fine print version of the contract, it said up to my discretion. So. I feel like this is as good as anything with the month. Uh, it's my birthday in, in, uh, in a couple days. So, uh, four days to be exact. So I feel like I want to give something away for my birthday. So the person who can find us this gif will, I will find out what I need to do, but we will get you a fan essentials giveaway. Um, which is sort of like a loot crate box, but for sports teams. So, if you don't know what Luke Crean is, look it up, and then just think you get sports crap inside the box instead of, uh, uh well, Luke. Um, but there was a shot from from Jesus, and I'm not making this up. He went. He was coming in off the right side, kicked the ball, and the ball literally went sideways and went out the touch line across the other side of the field like he entered into the box and like just slammed the shot and it it the goal was forward but the ball went to the left i've never seen anybody do this except in fifa where you just accidentally have the controller pointing the wrong way when you when you send it you're like well that's not what i meant to do his shot actually went sideways it was, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And, and everybody in the world had a good laugh about it. And I saved the video somewhere. I'll have to find it. But yeah, find it, send it to us, and ye shall be the winner. Um,
0: but what, what, what were we originally talking about before Jesus? I don't even have a... We were talking about... How did we get on the t- subject of Silva's finishing?
1: Uh... Well oh, I was saying where the goals were coming from on a Pep Guardiola squad.
0: Oh yeah, go ahead.
1: They, 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 they come from the attacking midfielders as well. There's just so much volume. It's accuracy by volume. Volume. You're just bombarding teams with so many attacking options. Silva, Sterling, Melito, just all these guys coming in and making runs that you don't need Aguero to be the sole perp- sole person putting balls into the net.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And I have nothing else to add to that. So we've, we've, rep- we've gone on oh. long enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, do we have a guest next week yet? Or is that a work in progress? That is to be determined. All right. Right. But- I can tell the name of the guest
1: that we're working it out with. It is Sir Ian Cheeseman.
0: Don't city and- have next Tuesday? Yeah, we'll have to work on that. City have a uh, Champions League qualifier next Tuesday, so we'll have to figure that out. Yeah, and I
1: told him via DMs. He said he'd be on route on Monday, but I told him that we could do the podcast whenever. And, and just sort of work around his schedule, whatever would be easiest for him in transit. So, you guys may get a special surprise episode, or we may just record it early and release it on Tuesday, as always.
0: Of course. Well, at some point next week, we will have at least one thing for you. Probably two, because I know we will want to react to the Champions League qualifier once it's done. And, um, so... You'll want to stay tuned for that, and we will have that. That's
1: going to be brutal, dude. We're going to have to do back-to-back. So we've got to have to do Monday. No, we'll have to do Sunday as a reaction to Sunderland, or possibly Saturday. And then we're going to have to jump right back around and either Tuesday or Wednesday react to Champions League. So It'll get us match
0: fit for the busy English schedule. I'm ready. I'm ready. That's right. I'm ready. We are so excited to have actual football to talk about. Let me tell you. I know. Um, so that's all we got for this episode. We'll again, we'll be back probably twice next week, at least. Um, so you'll just want to keep an eye on the Twitter account that's at America Citizens America because Twitter has a character limit. Um, we'll keep you updated on when our episodes are coming, what's going on with us. Um, remember you can subscribe to us on iTunes as well, if you haven't already done that. Um, and we are on blog talk radio, so this has been American citizens. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again next week.